Hello everyone and welcome to our show. Today we discuss about visibility, how you can win visibility today. And I'm so excited to discuss this topic with Graham Harkness. How are you? I'm doing phenomenal, Anatoly. I appreciate you having me on. Yeah, yeah, cool. I, I love learning uh, more about visibility, about getting high engagement. And before we start, I wanna uh, show you one video. Are you ready to learn? Because my super experienced guests are ready to share some really valuable information. Make sure and listen all the way to the end to get help and support. So let's start with the best audio experience. Okay, you know, I check out your LinkedIn profile. You have extended experience. I took part in your podcast. Uh, uh, it's a big pleasure, you know, uh, to be there. And of course, I want to know more about uh, your experience, background, and why you decided to pay more attention with getting, uh, with helping people. Uh, brands, uh, people to get visibility, digital marketing and something like this. Yeah, absolutely. Well, no, I, I definitely appreciate that. I appreciate the intro and everything too. I feel like a superhero um, and I'm ready to, to kind of fight crime and, and, and battle. But uh, for me, like um, a lot of my digital marketing experience didn't even start with digital marketing. Um, I think I find that I kind of just leaned into a lot of the things that I was just interested in. And honestly, a lot of that was around, you know, stories and um, getting to really hopefully hear from people that are doing phenomenal things and seeing how I could, you know, help even more people kind of learn about them and what they were doing. So um, a lot of that, you know, that journey started out with me um, being as what I like to call a journalist at heart. I was always interested in, in kind of content before it became this content age that we're, we're in now. I always love to write um, and, and kind of create stories. Like I even started a family newspaper when I was like 10 years old. But um, fast forward a lot of years, um, it was me kind of being and wanting to be a journalist, wanting to be in that world, but realizing that that industry was completely changing. And that's when I started to lean on to some of the technological tools I had developed in terms of being able to kind of build websites and, and being able to kind of, you know, do what eventually became SEO. So some of those things kind of laid the foundation for, you know, what I do now. Um, but as a journalist, I was just trying to find a way to where I could do the things that I love doing was writing and telling stories um, and being able to kind of connect the dots there. But that definitely laid the foundation for everything that I'm doing now and, you know, trying to help CEOs, entrepreneurs and business owners get their name out there a lot more. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well interesting experience. Okay. Uh, let's talk about your uh, background, uh, your journalism uh, and uh uh, for example, today, uh, many of my clients, they have issue with uh, writing text. They have no experience with that. They usually reply to me, you know, I have no time to do it. Uh, I need to develop and innovate my products. Uh, and I found that uh, it's not a good um, idea to hire copywriters today because many of them just write about uh, broad topics. They don't understand uh, the main topic. And uh, can you tell more how to uh, find the right copywriters? And what is the main difference between journalism and copywriter? Yeah, it, it, funny enough, I feel like we're seeing that those things are starting to merge together um, where, you know, journalists is actually becoming, you know, really, you know, great with writer content marketers. Um, all those people are starting to kind of step into a lot of those roles. And if you really look, sometimes people have a lot of experience with freelance writing or being an editor for this publication. And that's why they translate so well. Um, but I, I think we get so caught up, whether we're talking about creating a blog or doing, you know, podcasts like we're able to do, or even that opportunity to, to kind of, um, 
you know, create any type of content. And we forget about the story piece. We we fall in love with sometimes the products and services and the nuances of what, what we're trying to do. We forget about the story and on a deeper level, that communication, because each of these are just kind of communication tools to get people where you want to go. So um, anybody who's kind of thinking about, hey, I need to do more content. I need to do more writing or more vlogs or podcasts. The first thing that I would look at it as is an opportunity to just communicate with people. And I think there's, of course, principles. There's ways that it could be done you know, better and it could be improved. But don't forget a part about the part about the um, that, that communication and being able to kind of tell those stories and, and kind of give that perspective to the people that you're hoping to to trans to, to um, have move into buying your products or service or taking whatever action it is. But I think it's one of the most you know overlooked thing is we can get so nuanced about um, how many um, keywords should be here? What should my H1 header be here or my H2 header? And all those kind of SEO parts are, of course, important. But don't forget about the part about where we're at the end of the day, hopefully having a conversation and people get to know more about you, your product and your brand and what it is that you're doing. Yeah, glad that. Uh, you mentioned a few times about uh, story. Can you tell how to craft your story? How, uh, for example, um, I often see some boring stuff online, uh, uh, texts uh, that are written for the sake of having it, you know, or generic stuff. But uh, I think people love stories when they read it. Uh, they can feel uh, to take part uh, on this experience. Can you tell how to write your story uh, uh, to win customers? Yeah, and I think that um, one of my favorite things I'm I'm always you know super biased. I love stories, and and hopefully when you were reading all the boring stuff online, you weren't on my LinkedIn or anything like that. Uh, so you didn't say anything from me. But um, at the end of the day, I think you you try to really realize what are kind of inflection points. Um, in your life and in your experience, sometimes in your business that led you to kind of start whatever it is that you're starting. Um, for a lot of entrepreneurial people, um, it's that they saw that there was an issue um, and then they figured out how to provide a solution for that problem. And that's a lot of times I think the best businesses, they're providing some solution for, some solution for that problem. So when you're thinking about crafting a story from that essence, you're really kind of drilling down and talking about the pain points. You're putting yourself in that person's shoes. So say, for example, um, we're talking about visibility. Maybe someone has a really great product and service they've been working on for five, 10 years. They've, you know, had the experience, they worked in a company, and then they saw that something was missing. So they decided to do that. To just say, hey, I have created something that could help you with X, Y, and Z problem doesn't say as much as being able to say, hey, I've been in this industry for 10 years. I've worked, slept through this. These are all the things that kind of helped me to build up to being able to kind of help solve that problem. That becomes a lot more of a story and a journey that people can kind of get behind. Because I think, again, going back to that communication piece, when you're able to talk about a story and, and, and talk about your story, but it helps other people see themselves in your story, that's when it really reaches another level, I think. So when we start to, you know, do the due diligence, whether we're talking about a product or service, or even just maybe different things that we did during our childhood that kind of build us up into who we are, I think it helps us to feel a lot more connected, um, you know, to to everything, you know, that we're going through. And um, another big aspect, um, and a lot of times people forget, um, think about, the stories that really resonate with you and why they resonate with you. And usually there's some type of um, 
rise and fall. There's something that's really dramatic that happens. It's not always a straight line or a straight path. Things go don't go according to plan. So often those elements, sometimes our darkest moments, are actually the, the best moments that provide that story that people can kind of get behind and get connected with. Yeah, yeah, got it. Uh, I see we have some audience. Uh, by the way, I didn't promote this event, but uh, yeah, we have some people online. Uh, it's a big pleasure to get uh, you. <laughs> Guys, if you have any questions, just ask and I'll provide the gift for someone who will ask the best question. And yeah, uh, I can ask uh, Gresh to choose <laughs> the best question. Uh, so if you have questions, please ask us. And uh, I have another uh, question about um, visibility how to win today uh, for example um, I often see when content creators uh, fail uh, I can explain why uh, uh, they burn out they wanna uh, get uh, quick results but today in our world uh, when we have such high level of competition it's hard uh, and uh, you can't get uh, viral content without uh, some consistency experience can you tell more uh how to choose the right place where you can uh, promote your content and uh how to go ahead without uh, giving up for example i remember when mr beast uh tried to get uh his uh if i remember correctly a thousand subscribers for over an year uh pewdiepie uh, did the same uh, he uh filmed a hundred videos to to got only uh 285 subscribers not a lot but this guy didn't give up can you tell more about choosing the right social media or platform uh, even google and uh, how to be patient with getting results yeah I, I think you hit the nail on the head right when you said you know he didn't give up and i think a lot of times people think that you you know you just kind of pitch your flag out and say i'm open for business or i i need this many subscribers and that's really all that you have to do but there's a lot of behind the scenes things and i think first and foremost just from like a mentality standpoint um i always say um a marathon mindset which is, means that you're running a marathon you're not running a sprint and you're understanding like the long-term kind of focus of things that you're doing of course you want to get those results you want to see the number of subscribers and the number of viewers or people calling you um, or going to your website. But at the end of the day, you want to understand that you're in it for the long game. And when we talk about like figuring out what are the best platforms and opportunities, um, I have this um, kind of uh, marketing philosophy where I say that um, you are a media company. And a lot of that kind of revolves around looking and approaching your marketing and your efforts the same as you would your favorite, um, you know, potential newspaper that you might have got at your door. You might read online now. Um, so here in the in the D.C. area, we have, you know, Washington Post or CNN or USA Today, whatever they might be. The way that they approach it, just like a journalist, is the same way that you want to approach your, your digital marketing strategy. And to give you an even more of an analogy, I often say you start out with this vision of what you want to do, um, what success looks like. Um, the best way I can say it is, I don't know, Anazoli, what your favorite dish might be, uh, but one of my favorites is sweet potato pie. So whenever I think about that, when you go to the grocery store, you make sure you get the ingredients that are essential to you getting that final dish. Most people, when they do, they go to the grocery store or they're definitely doing marketing, they go to the grocery store and they see all the different tools that there are out there. There's blogs, there's podcasts, there's Instagram, Snapchat, TikTok. There's so many different things that it can become overwhelming. 
but you really want to understand each of the nuances, understand each of the ingredients, as I like to call them, but really know the pros and cons of each. So potentially, if you're trying to connect with other you know, business owners, you might spend more time on LinkedIn. But you also want to kind of keep in account um, what your strengths are. If you're going to be the one that's doing it, you're not hiring like a marketing firm and you enjoy kind of talking with people, um, maybe you're going to do more of an interview-based content creation uh, strategy versus writing if that's not your strength and you're not going to do a, as many blogging. Maybe you're just going to have it transcribed. So I think what it allows you to do is you start to first and foremost be where your clients are gives you some room to choose, like I used to say, one or two, one to three of those ingredients. Um, you can experiment with one potentially, um, but you have one or two that you're leaning on more than any other ones. And then it allows you that opportunity to kind of see where and how you reach your goals and adjust and kind of move from there. Um, but that's just kind of a, you know, a strategic approach to being able to kind of get more opportunities, depending on whatever your goal is, what your favorite dish or sweet potato pie ends up being. Yeah, I, I I love this phrase about favorite dishes, you know, <laughs> because <laughs> I, can, I can tell you why. Because uh, uh, when I started to grow my LinkedIn uh, network, um, I decided to learn more about LinkedIn marketing, how I can get uh, engagement, and uh, most methods uh, didn't work for me. Uh, I failed with them. Uh, I tried to copy others and couldn't get any results. Uh, and uh, I got it uh, that I need to find something that works for me, my best dishes. You know, if someone is good with video, uh, if it's not my strong side, why I need to film a lot of videos. Uh, even uh, video can get uh, higher engagement. If you are good with writing, just do it. You know, write. Uh, don't care if uh, writing doesn't bring uh, high engagement. Uh, I often see when some influencers get high engagement with short uh, um, post uh, only writing uh, nothing special yeah it's up to you okay we have the question from omar uh, alhan uh, i'm sorry for pronouncing the second name alhan if you had to start over from scratch what will you daily task will to grow your business to your current level wow that's a that's a great question um i'm gonna piggyback on that marathon mindset I think that I heard the phrase and I really believe that you hear it, um, you know it, but you sometimes believe that you can change it, um, which is that um, it's often going to take twice as long and cost twice as much, if not more, for you to do whatever it is that you're you're hoping to do. But I think one of the things that I've learned you know, during my podcast, especially too, which I, I've been appreciative of having you as a guest, is that some of the most successful people they really drill down, first of all, on that long-term focus, but secondly, on how important their morning routines have been. And it's not necessarily saying that you have to have your morning routine start at 5 a.m. or they have to start at 7 p.m. or you know any of those things in between. It's just about having those habits in place. So I think the biggest thing that I would, you know, as I like to say, tell my younger business self is really understanding um, how important your habits are to you getting to where you want to be. And then at the same time, knowing that if you do something that day, it may not necessarily bear fruits that day. It might bear fruits, you know, a year down the line. But if you create those habits, then that'll ultimately lead to your success. So I think I, I would work on, you know, my mindset and just being a lot more around understanding that uh, for, you know, my younger business self. Yeah, yeah, valuable. Uh, I think, you know, uh, um, 
it's better to find uh, what you can do the whole day. <laughs> For example, uh, if I wake up in the morning, I can work hard because I love it. I enjoy the process. No, if you enjoy the process, you can uh, work the whole day. Forget about any your hobbies. For example, watching TV, playing online games. You can do what you like. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And we have the question from uh, Ozdan from Switzerland. Uh, would you communicate this way in B2B business as well? So it's funny because I often say on, on the show that we forget about the human aspect of business. And I think obviously there's been a, a huge separation initially, I should say, between business B2B versus B2C. And I think that's starting to change. And, and, and I think a lot of that is because for one, I think we're seeing smaller organizations that are able to make bigger impacts. So you start to want to know the people that are behind you know, the business. And I also think that because of the technology tools that we have at our fingertips, whether it be phones, whether it be going live on Facebook and all these different tools, it allows you to get to know people on a lot um, deeper level than maybe you had before. So um, while I think there are certain principles um, that you want to kind of showcase, I think it's starting to change where you're seeing a lot more individuality in the brands and the people in the brands you're seeing influencers that are that are increasing and able to kind of showcase you know different products and services and and, and those aspects so i think while there are definitely some you know delineations and differences between the two i think you're starting to see that it's starting to merge a lot more where people they want to support businesses um, that they care about, that they can get behind um, the overall kind of culture that you have. So I think it's so important to to not just talk about those things, but talk about the people that are behind it as well, too. And I think that's something that we're seeing a lot more of a shift. Yeah, yeah, got it. Okay, uh, let's talk about uh, podcasting. Uh, you know, I, I have the client and I told him uh, we need to find something else, uh, new channels, and one of them is podcasting. And he replied to me, you know, uh, I don't know, uh, uh, can we do it or not? Because uh, in with SEO, we can uh, rank our website to get results. But how to promote podcasts? And uh, can you share advantages of uh, using podcast format uh, for any businesses and uh, how it helps you to grow your network and go ahead? Yeah, I will say first and foremost, I wouldn't be here today probably if I if I didn't have a podcast to get the opportunity to be on your show. Um, so I think one of the most underutilized aspects of podcasting is the whole kind of networking collaboration piece. One of the big reasons I wanted to make my podcast daily was because I wanted the opportunity to, um, you know, prior to COVID, um, decrease the amount of kind of face-to-face -face networking I was doing, driving around as traffic's really crazy here in the DC area. So my goal was really to say, hey, can I take something that I'm passionate about, that I love doing, and um, have a way to kind of connect with people in, in a different and maybe a unique way. So there's actually somebody I had on my podcast that has a book called um, Content-Based Networking. And I think it really hits the nail on the head where you talk about how are you able to um, use content as a way to kind of collaborate and, and create um, so that you can hopefully build your network and, and build those opportunities. So that's first and foremost, one of the most you know underutilized ways. Um, when you brought up that that aspect about SEO, I think another big thing that people um, do with marketing, um, with podcasting, but also with other aspects of marketing is they forget how you can first and foremost 
um, kind of cross promote your podcast in different ways. It's not siloed. If you do a podcast, it doesn't mean it can't go on LinkedIn. Doesn't mean that it can't go on Facebook. Um, it, what you have the opportunity to do is to create what is um, basically a lot of people call a pillar piece of content. So if you decide that podcasting is going to be your pillar content, um, what you could do is you could take that podcast, you can transcribe it. That becomes your blog post that you didn't want to write. Um, you could potentially also um, have a, you know, a bunch of images that show, or you could just have one solid image that you can upload to YouTube. And that, of course, becomes your video. So it's really thinking creatively on like how you can take those different pieces of content and help support your overall mission. And of course, you know, SEO is a big part of that because SEO is all about content. So being able to kind of take that pillar piece of content and put it on a blog post to repurpose it and have um, that transcribed that transcribed blog um, as well too, that's all going to help to build everything that you're ultimately doing. So I think it's really about um, not saying, okay, podcasting is this or podcasting is that. Just like I talked about those ingredients, they're all malleable enough. They can all be formed enough in a way that you can help support your overall mission. So I, I, I always say don't get as obsessed about the how as much as the why. Um, so know ultimately what you're doing, what your mission is, and then you start to figure out the hows and how you can kind of manipulate them or adjust them so that can ultimately um, fit your, your ultimate goals. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, valuable. Um, we have a bunch of questions there, but, you know, uh, some of them I don't understand. <laughs> I don't know. It's just broad questions. Uh, sorry, guys, <laughs> we can reply to them. Um, uh, about Google, I just want to tell you, uh, find the right... Oh, by the way, can you tell uh, about uh, finding the right strategy uh, with, uh, for SEO? Because uh, uh, many of the masters, they are chasing high volume. You know, they open SEMrush, HREFs, uh, searching for uh, common keywords and trying to rank them. And they fail because of the level of competition. If you open the top 10 results, you can see Wikipedia, many other websites, Amazon, YouTube. Uh, how to find the right strategy, uh, for example, if you start from scratch? Yeah, if you're starting from scratch, generally speaking, it, it might be more of a challenge for you to do that. But usually the, the biggest opportunity is the phrase that um, actually there's a book that came out, I, I believe, in 1999 um, about uh, the long tail. And that's mm -hmm. usually where the opportunity is because the long tail really never ends because there's always some potential opportunity to be found related to search. What becomes the challenge and the strategy um, around that is really niching down. Um, so if, for example, uh, I always use a pizza place. If you have a pizza place that's located in your local area, um, you might want to rank for that specific keyword, you might realize that there's 100,000 pizza places that's in your surrounding area. So it becomes a lot more competitive. So just like they, they say, and we kind of touched on a little bit where the opportunity is usually in niching down. Um, when you're able to niche down more and more and more, that provides more opportunity for you. So rather than just saying, you know, pizza place, maybe you have the, the pizza place with the uh, best Alfredo sauce in the world. Um, or in your local area. So it's just really understanding each of those pieces and trying to drill down according to that. And then I think from an SEO perspective, when you also do that, you start to get an idea of who's your quote unquote tribe, um, who's the ideal client or clients that you want to try to target. You're able to create content that speaks directly to them and communicates directly to them. So it becomes a lot more of a um, experience for somebody to get to know your content, get to engage with your content, but also has that opportunity mm -hmm. to improve your rankings. Because at the end of the day, people forget that Google and search engines want people to find 
their information as accurately as quickly as possible and take some type of action. So if you're able to do that and provide that experience online, then that's going to help you break through the noise a little bit. But I will say it's not necessarily easy. There's 10 spots for a reason organically, and, and it can be difficult depending on um, what you're trying to target. Okay. Um, if I uh, find these keywords, uh, long tail keywords, uh, where I need to submit them? Uh, in content, in title, or any other places. Uh, can you tell more about that? Because uh, today we need to write content for a human, yeah, not for search engines, but we need to optimize for SEO. Can you tell more about submitting keywords? Yeah, absolutely. So the, the biggest thing that you want to do, and usually when we work with clients, the biggest thing that I say is you literally do a master list of every keyword you can think of that you want to rank for. Um, that's a good kind of starter a starting place because it lets you know, okay, these are the potential um, ways that you can show up. And one big thing I want to say, especially if you're starting out, um, you usually have your business name, unless your business name is a keyword, you want to think about people that don't know your business name and what keywords that you want to rank for. So this could be your products and services. Like I mentioned, the pizza place is the Alfredo sauce. It's maybe the salads. It's all of those things. Not the, not the company name, not G's uh, Pizza Place or Pizza Palace. It's going to be the products and services that you provide. So that's the first thing. Make that master list. After that, what you're going to do is you're going to get an idea of what those high priority items are. Because when you go into the back end of your website, um, you're basically going to set up a what is a title tag and a meta description. And all that basically means is that's helping you to translate what's on the pages of the site for search engines. But there's limits related to your title tag and meta description. So you can't put every single word that you want to have there. But the idea is that you're always prioritizing what are the, the best um, keywords for you, what might provide the most either people or maybe the most revenue or whatever that is and however you define it according to your strategy. And then you work backwards from there. So you start to realize that if you have, let's just say a hundred words and maybe you have only 10 pages on your website that correlate with those words that are optimized for those words, you start to realize that, okay, well, on a very simplistic level, you have to create more content for those words, whether that be location, whether that be type of product or type of service, but you start to think strategically um, about like how you're able to do that. And I often will use the word sticky paper. Um, so just like you're trying to catch flies, generally speaking, the more sticky paper you have, the more likely you are to have people to, to come to your site and to rank well. And, and a lot of times people forget too, that you don't show up always on the home page, depending on what that customized search might be, somebody might show up on your 50th page um, rather than on your home page. So it's just understanding and creating that experience all throughout the way. So you understand that, but there's other, you know, things that you want to make sure you submit your site to Google um, and it's submitted through Google search console. So th there's lots of other kind of behind the scenes things, but I would say on a very, very, you know, beginning level, those are probably the first, you know, couple things you want to make sure that you do even before you drill down into your website. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, well, uh, okay. Let's talk about link building. Uh, Podcasting helps to build links and if helps, uh, how to uh, use this opportunity? Yes, absolutely. It, it definitely helps out. And I think most people don't realize that. Um, and that's why I usually say that as soon as you have a domain, you're actually doing SEO in some form, shape or fashion and you're building links 
by being on podcasts, you're being building links by getting PR opportunities. Those are links going back to your site. Of course, you want to do the the research and the due diligence to find out, depending on what your keywords are, you know, what are those relevant um, backlinks to have going to your site. But there's a very, very strong, you know, correlation between, you know, having a strong PR strategies, getting, um, you know, featured on podcasts and seeing quality ranking results. Um, of course, it's you know, not as haphazard as you want it to be, but generally speaking, the more activity you have, um, the more links you have going back to your site, um, the better off um, and more reputable your site is going to be ranked. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree with that, especially when you get links from Apple, uh, Spotify, Google, why not? <laughs> yeah, those no citations. <laughs> yeah, it it helps. It helps. Uh, but uh, and uh, you know, you mentioned about uh, repurposing content. For example, uh, right now we are uh, live streaming, and we will provide this content in audio format. Uh, but you know, it's interesting that uh, I found many people uh, don't use the correct way. For example, uh, if Gary Vee has uh, a massive audience everywhere and he, when he repurposes content, uh, uh, people can consume this content on many different platforms. But when you have no audience on Facebook and, and share this content there, you can't get engagement. Can you tell more uh, about repurposing uh, in the right way? Uh, when you need to do it or not? For example, from my experience, when uh, I started to promote LinkedIn account, um, because uh, my first business in Ukraine and Russia, I have uh, two companies there. And, uh, you know, uh, when I decided to grow in English direction, I found that uh, uh, it's not a good decision trying to be everywhere on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram, and uh, even repurposing content because you need to engage with people, with audience. And that's why I spent all my time to get engagement on LinkedIn. If I share this content on other platforms, I can't get any insights. Uh, even, uh, even if it takes only five minutes, uh, why I need to do it if uh, I can't get results? Can you tell more? Uh, what you need to do first to build audience, uh, engage with people, and when you can repurpose content. Yeah, I think those are you know two great points, and like you said, I think the first and foremost thing, I'm a big proponent of you know being able to kind of create those social media profiles, uh, but that doesn't necessarily mean you have to to post there because you're getting those quality backlinks from TikTok, even if you're client is not on TikTok, you know, just having it there, Instagram, just all those different profiles. One gives you that backlink Two, um, it assures that no one will claim that handle that you're ultimately trying to get as well, too. And you don't have to, you know, uh, write a huge check to be able to try to get that back. So I think that's the first thing, you know, that you touched on that is absolutely huge that people have to do. And then I think, too, it, it goes back to what I talked about by being in the grocery store, you know, pick out those one to three ingredients, um, maybe even just one to two that you're going to own, because I think what we've seen and, and I know you, you've you know been doing some phenomenal things for a long time is that it's becoming harder and harder to break through the noise because these social media platforms are definitely becoming like their own language, um, their own you know way of speaking, their own kind of psychology, everything be around that. So in order to break through the noise, you usually have to own that piece. So um, while you can definitely repurpose it in different ways, um, I think there's definitely a benefit from saying, I'm going to own 
Um, I'm going to be the mayor of LinkedIn. I'm going to be the mayor of Facebook or the mayor of In Instagram, whatever that is, and really owning that in its totality, not just saying, oh, I'm just going to post, but are you doing lives? Are you doing reels if you're on Instagram? Are you looking at each of the nuances and seeing how you can kind of manage those? And I think well, you see a lot from the the quote unquote first influencers, the people um, that were, um, you know, on, um, you know, all the, the initial, you know, social media sites and they were first movers is they provided an opportunity uh, to be able to move from one platform to another. So it doesn't necessarily mean that because you own this platform, because you're the quote unquote mayor of the, this platform, that you know a year or two down the line, you can't move to some, some another platform and start to own that. So it's just being very strategic with um, your resources, your time, or your money so that at the end of the day, you can, you can reach your goals. Mm -hmm. Yeah, valuable. Uh, I found on your LinkedIn profile about uh, that you help uh, building a media company. Can you tell more about that? Yeah, absolutely. So kind of going back to, you know, this, you know, approaching it like you are your own media company, I would say there's definitely two different ways that you can do that. One is definitely like I talked about being able to kind of create, you know, your vlog your your blog, your podcast, and build that media company around the content that you're creating. You really know your ideal client, your target market. Um, you're thinking very strategically, and I have uh, a step process that I that I usually recommend going through. Very similar to being able to kind of create whatever your your dish is, um, whatever your goals might be. But I think one of the things we also touched on a, a little bit too that a lot of people forget about is that while you might not want to create your own podcast. Don't forget that one of the big ways that you can kind of get visibility around everything you're doing is by being on somebody else's media company, joining somebody else's podcast, being a guest, providing value there, or potentially writing a guest post on somebody's blog that that might be able to, to connect with your target market. So I think a lot of people forget about that as much as you know you might want whatever that dish is, that sweet potato pie, you can create it yourself, but you can also go to your neighbor's house or your friend's house and also get a slice there. So have that opportunity to really think strategically around you know creating the content and information that's going to connect and provide value for your target client because you know them so well, you did all that homework in the beginning, and that's going to provide a, a tremendous out, opportunity for you, I think, in the short term, but also if done right, it could definitely do it in the long term, too. Mm, yeah. C can you tell more about uh, providing value? Uh, how do I know that uh, it's value or not? Because, uh, you know, I often see uh, when uh, content creators give up because of haters, you know, when they uh, get a lot of hate. And, uh, and uh, yeah, probably uh, haters don't like this value or don't feel its value. <laughs> Can you tell her more about sharing value? Yeah, definitely. Um, the haters, a lot of times, if you, you take a look at their profile, usually they don't have much up there. That's why they're hating. And, and I think it takes a lot of... Um, you know, guts and sometimes courage even to, to be able to put something out there um, and to kind of run with that. So first of all, everybody who's doing that and has experienced a hater, um, a lot of times you just give yourself a pat on the back because you're probably doing something that they uh, didn't have the courage or the guts to be able to do. Um, but I think it's it's so huge to really um, be able to, to kind of understand what and that value can be different for everybody else. Um, we, you mentioned Gary Vee and one of the things that he mentioned that really stuck with me um, is that he said, if you open up your phone and you look at all the apps on your phone, ask yourself why you have that app on your phone. 
And that'll give you a lot of indication around, you know, what value is and how it can manifest itself. Because if you look on your phone, you might find a game and your the game is just an opportunity for you to maybe get those competitive juices out, maybe a little bit of detachment. Um, or you might see Instagram and you see and you drill down into Instagram, you see a bunch of memes, you see a bunch of things to laugh at. Um, oh, you might see a productivity app because um, it has your schedule. So it helps you to save time and opportunity or your to do list or all those different things. And I think once you start to really look at that, you get kind of a list of what might be ways that you could provide value um, and what that might look like. And the step that you want to take you know, further, and this is one of the, the core things that you want to do with you know, talking about being, building a media company, is really try to understand. And that could be through talking, having conversations, or doing polls, lots of different ways. What does that value look like for your target clients? Are your target clients looking to laugh all the time? Well, maybe you're going to have the most meme-worthy social media account of all time. Um, do they want to know how can they save time? Well, maybe you're going to talk about all the different um, apps, the hacks, I like to call them, different ways that you can save time. But you meet people where they are. And that's one of the big things I think people forget about social media is that you're interrupting somebody's day, something that they're doing, they're scrolling. So in order for you to really get their attention, to get their engagement, you have to provide some type of value. So I think it's so important to kind of look at that as a really good exercise and then take it a step further and ask yourself and see like how um, you can provide value for your actual clients and customers. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, testing is the best approach, you know, <laughs> when you test a lot, you know, you can check out <laughs> how people engage, uh, they like or not, you know. And um, um, I, I read... Uh, some, uh, you know, I, I got a few uh, interesting opinions about uh, hating from uh, Seth Godin uh, and uh, Gary V, many others, and they reply that uh, they don't read negative comments, you know, <laughs> they skip them because they don't, they don't want to get them. They don't want to know that someone doesn't like the, their content. That's okay, okay, uh, because you can't produce the best content, uh, perfect content, but forget about this. Just be yourself, uh, keep going. If uh, it doesn't help uh, haters, it helps uh, to other people. And uh, I want to ask about finding uh, audience. Can you tell more how to learn uh, your customers, uh, followers, and uh, uh, provide ideas uh, what they want to consume? Yeah, I mean, I, I think you, you said it a couple of times. I think that's the, the best way. And I think so many times we can get caught up in um, forgetting what it was like without social media, what it was without these kind of um, rapid testing platforms and opportunities we have in front of us. Um, you can post something right now and kind of get an idea from that testing standpoint, if it hits or if it misses. Of course, there's a lot more involved. There's, you know, the algorithms, there's, you know, times a day, there's so many different things that are involved, of course. But generally speaking, we forget about that testing piece to really understand what resonates, you know, with your target client, what really resonates and, and provides that value and that opportunity, hopefully that engagement that comes along with the lines of that. But I, I think it's so important to, to kind of make sure that you get in that testing mindset and you don't beat yourself up if things don't work according to plan. Um, as you said, and I could definitely attest to as well, too. Um, I've had a lot of um, misses, a lot of, uh, you know, gaps, a lot of um, pitfalls and roadblocks and frustrations and any other word that I could come that could be a synonym. But I think if you start to continue to understand that it's a marathon, as I kind of talked about before, it helps you to hopefully understand that 
it just they're just steps along the way to your process and you're not the only one that's going through it so i think it's something to kind of really remind ourselves of and from that mindset piece is something that huge that we can sometimes forget when we're you know whether it look, looking at one uh comment from a hater or we put something out and nobody likes it and nobody engages with it it's still a step in the process so we we can't forget that um, whenever we're trying to do that okay thanks a lot Grace. you know it's so valuable we got uh international audience today from new zealand switzerland nigeria south africa thanks guys for uh watching us for listening and uh tell our audience how they can reach out to you to you learn more about you follow you yeah absolutely so my hub for everything kind of like my business card my online business card is at imgresh.com that's i-a-m-g-r-e-s-h.com um you can take a look at just about everything that i'm working on at blue16media.com and that's blue16media.com as well too and it's totally truly appreciate you for giving me some time and some opportunity to speak Okay, guys, you can find all these links in the description below. Listen to us on Google, Apple, Spotify. And everyone who uh, asked any questions today, I'll provide the gift for you. Just reach out to me on LinkedIn. I'll share uh, the full access to my tool. You know, you can check out all your website with PageSpeed Insights for free. Thanks a lot, Grash. You know, it's a big pleasure, you know, to get your own show. We spoke twice, you know. Yeah, and I think we will create more content in the future. Thanks a lot. Yes, absolutely appreciate you. Thanks for listening to this entire podcast. Please rank your experience in Apple, Spotify, Google, or any other platforms that you may use. Also, please share your ranking mark on chat at seotools.tv to get a special gift. We'll see you soon on other valuable audio podcasts.